Hey there. The very first money that you raise for your startup is probably going to be from people who care about you, friends and family largely, which is why the round is called the friends and family round, although you'll sometimes also see it called the friends, family and fools round. That's because you're really asking to people to invest at a ridiculously early phase in your business. So today I'm going to look at exactly how friends and family rounds work and more importantly, how should you talk to your friends and family about investing in this round, particularly if they are not sophisticated investors. Welcome to Feel the Boot, the science of startups. I'm your host, Lance Cottrell, and I'm here to help you climb that vertical learning curve you're going to encounter as you launch your business. I know what it's like. I've been there myself as an entrepreneur and I've helped countless other founders like you along their journeys. The friends and family round is the earliest round of investment that you'll bring into your company. This generally is happening far before you would qualify for investment from VCs and generally well before you'd be of interest to even angel investors. Normally this is happening at the idea stage of your company, right? You've got a concept, you've got a plan, maybe you've talked to some people, but in general, you don't have an MVP, minimum viable product. You don't have customers yet. You certainly don't have revenue yet. If you had those things, you could probably go out and get institutional money, but because you don't, you need to find someone who's going to be willing to invest in you because of who you are and make that bet solely upon that relationship. One of the interesting aspects of rounds this early is that they're often open to non-accredited investors. People who already know you personally are allowed to invest very early on in startups. So the upside is you can reach out and get money from people who ordinarily couldn't invest in your company. The downside is they usually don't know much about angel investing. So it can take a lot to explain exactly what you're doing. So they really understand what they're getting into. Do talk to a lawyer in your jurisdiction, however, because the rules vary from country to country and in the US, even from state to state. I've created another video specifically for you to pass along to your friends and family that will help them understand exactly what it is you're asking them to do. I'll put a card up there and there'll definitely be a link down in the doobly-doo. It's important to talk about ethics in the friends and family round, really in any round. But remember, these are your friends and family. Don't screw them over. Don't tell them unrealistically rosy scenarios or promise them the moon when you can't really guarantee any sort of delivery. That will lead to extremely awkward family gatherings and Thanksgivings down the road. Make sure they're comfortable with exactly what they're getting into. When people are investing in your friends and family round, they're buying one of four different things. They could be buying a safe, a simple agreement for future equity. They could be getting a convertible note. They could be getting restricted common stock, or they might be buying preferred stock. And I'm going to run briefly through what each one of those means. In general, I am not a fan of giving people actual stock in the friends and family round. If you're giving them common stock, that's the easiest thing to hand out, right? That's what your founder shares are. That's what your options to your early employees are getting. But common stock is usually disadvantaged compared to later investors, certainly in the United States, where the expectation is that later investors will all be asking for preferred stock. 
If you give common stock to your family, that's kind of screwing them over. On the other hand, if you wanted to be more fair and give them preferred stock, now you need to create an entirely new series of stock just for them and set out all of those terms, you know, put together these stock purchase agreements and so forth. And assuming that your friends and family are not sophisticated investors, they have no idea what questions you're even asking them. And you and probably they should be getting lawyers involved in the process to make sure you do the whole thing right. In short, it's expensive and takes a lot of time. And the other two mechanisms allow you to bypass that huge pain in the ass. Both safes and convertible notes are quick and easy to use because there's so many boilerplate examples. The safes are absolutely standardized and some quick Googling will find you many standard examples of convertible notes. So your legal expenses should be extremely low. Now, Convertible notes can be easier to explain to your family because at some level they are a loan, but it's a loan that in fact you don't ever plan to repay and there are a few more terms involved like interest rates. The simplest variable version is the safe. The safe has fewer terms to deal with, but it's kind of a strange beast, right? Most people have never heard of a safe and don't really understand exactly what it is they're buying. So even though from a practical perspective, safes and convertible notes are in many respects interchangeable, the safe is gonna be simpler, but the convertible note may be a little easier to explain to your relatives. To me, the decision there comes down to what do you plan to be using throughout the rest of your fundraising activity? It's easiest to keep everything consistent. So assuming you're using something that turns into stock rather than stock, so a safe or a convertible, make sure that you're giving your friends and family a good deal. You want them to feel happy about having made this investment. So make sure that you're giving them a big discount to that next round. If you're not planning on raising more money for quite a while, a 50% discount to your next price round is not at all unreasonable. And go in with a fairly low cap as well, maybe one or two million at the most, so that when that next round happens, that's not gonna be at a lower valuation that you gave them. Just to make sure they're protected, I recommend also giving them most favored nation status. The MFN is how it's often described. All that means is that if another investor comes in on a convertible note or a safe before your next priced round, right? Before all of these things convert to equity, your friends and family get at least as good a deal as they did. So under no circumstances do they ever feel like they were penalized for supporting you this early in your business. This video came about because recently I had several conversations with founders who were looking for help explaining the friends and family round to their friends and family. They were getting a lot of pushback and a lot of confusion. And so, as I said before, my first piece of advice is send them that video, also down in the doobly-doo. Uh, but the key is that they need to understand that this is not a loan. This is not something where they're gonna help you out now and you're going to repay them, right? If grandma helps you buy a car, usually the expectation is that you're going to pay her back in time at some point. With an investment, they are buying a piece of the company and they win if and when you win along with all of the other investors. That's probably the biggest hurdle to get them over is that 
it's not a loan. They're not going to get paid back. If there's a win, they might get way more than they invested, right? That's the potential upside. Although most friends and family aren't really focused on that because they're more focused on helping you succeed. But really making sure they understand that point is going to go a long ways to avoiding any kind of hurt feelings down the road. They also need to understand that this is a totally illiquid investment. If they're used to investing in mutual funds or even the stock market, they're familiar with this idea of buying and selling securities. That's not what's happening here. This is a buy and hold situation. If they invest now at the very earliest stages of your company, assuming you're successful, they're probably going on a 10-year ride before they see any liquidity whatsoever. So it needs to be money that they don't need anytime soon. Furthermore, if the statistics are to be believed, most startups are not successful, which means the odds are they will never get their money back. So this has to be money that they are comfortable losing. It can be an awkward conversation and it can feel like unselling, right? Almost trying to talk them out of it, but have that real world conversation when you're going over this to make sure that they do understand it's gone for a decade and it may be gone forever, probably is gone forever. But if you succeed and your success will be largely because they helped you at this point, there might be a huge return at the end of the day. You need to explain to them what you're going to do with the funds they give you. It needs to be clear that this is a business. You should have incorporated the business or at least created an LLC. There should be a legal entity so they know this is not paying for you to go to Cancun for the weekend or buy that car that we were talking about. This is going into the company and you should be clear on how you're going to use the money. What things are you going to do? Are you going to be hiring people? Are you going to be bringing in contractors? Is this to buy equipment that you need for your hardware device or rent servers, uh, bring in coders? Right? What are the things that you need and what are you going to deliver with them? You should be very clear in making commitments. With this money, I'm going to spend it on these things, which will give me these deliverables that takes me to that next tier in the company, at which point you should be able to raise money from professional investors, the angels and the VCs that are out there. But giving them that clarity should also help them feel more comfortable that this is not just going into your personal slush fund. They also need to understand that their ownership is going to shrink with time. Normally with a public company, largely the amount of stock outstanding stays very fairly static. And so when you buy a chunk of the company, you still own the same chunk of the company. But with a startup, if they come in and let's say round numbers, they own 10% of the company. Well, after the first round comes in, they might only own 7%. Of the company and a few more rounds they're down to five percent four percent that's going to continuously shrink as you bring in new investors and issue options to your employees that may feel like a strange idea to them but you need to make sure that they understand that is how things work and it is in fact a good thing because you're issuing options to employees because you're motivating quality employees that you brought in and you're diluting the stock because you're bringing in new investors who also believe and support the company and will help you accelerate the growth. After all, you should never be giving away equity unless you firmly believe that the dilution you experience will be vastly outweighed by the corresponding growth in the company that you're fueling. And finally, 
Keep them in the loop. Let them know what you're doing. Get them on that investor update email so that they can share in your successes and come along for the ride. Being in the loop and experiencing this with you is often a large part of the reason why these people are investing. So don't short them on that. Let them get to be part of this experience. Thanks for watching this episode. I hope you found it useful and interesting. And if you did, please do the usual like, subscribe and ring that bell. It tells YouTube that this is the kind of content you like and make sure you're alerted to new episodes. Also come over to feeltheboot.com and join our mailing list bootprints. That gives you access to my personal office hours so you can sign up to get one-on-one -on -one coaching for free on any topic you want. Fundraising, strategy, product, what have you. I have worn all the hats. Until next time, ciao.